I've never looked for further than 12 months because I know if I execute world, world class, and I just don't throw that word out flippantly, then I know more opportunities will arise that I'm not even thinking about yet, and then the whole thing flips on the tap. Hello, I'm Andrew May, and you're listening to the NAB Business Fit Podcast, where we talk with experts across a range of fields to delve into their world and find out what fuels them and learn lessons that can be applied to running a small business. Small business is in my veins from running a lawn mowing business in high school, traveling the world as a strength and conditioning coach in elite sport, to now running workplace performance consultancy Strive Stronger. I live and breathe small business, and so too does today's guest. Ben Lucas is a former professional rugby league player, marathon runner, yoga devotee, proud father and husband, charity worker and fitness entrepreneur. Ben has successfully made the transition from professional athlete to running one of Australia's highest profile fitness businesses, Flow Athletic. And I've watched in admiration how Ben and his business partner, Kate Kendall, have transitioned their business throughout COVID and turned setback into opportunity. But Benny, we've known each other for a number of years. It's, it's great to have you on the podcast. Hey, very good. I think you even mentored me, geez, that'd be 20 years ago. Would that be almost right? 1967, I think it was. (laughs) eh? (laughs) I I did a check. I thought you might bring that up. It was 2005, 2006, and you had a couple of vision franchises back then, and you, you had this enthusiasm and this sort of talent waiting to get out and you know you learned a lot uh, from Andrew and and the Vision franchise but you wanted to do more and then we started talking about doing classes and speaking and mentoring and we lost contact for a while I think I went off in cricket and sold a business at KPMG and I look at the paper Ben Lucas Flow Athletic doing you know spin classes at night time taking on the fitness world so I was really proud to, to watch your development and your growth. And then the reason, one of the reasons today why I've got you on here, Benny, is we want other business owners, other, other small business owners to see what businesses, maybe their sector, probably more likely not, but what businesses have done to evolve, to backflip. We're not allowed to use the word pivot on this podcast, uh, but you've done an amazing job to change your business through COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about that now or what would you like to speak about? Let's back the truck up first. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep people waiting, big fella. Uh, I, I think a, a rough frame for us. Number one, I want to talk about your backstory because it is an interesting backstory from footballer to fitness entrepreneur. Do you call yourself an entrepreneur or are you an influencer these days? No, I'm definitely not an influencer. <laughs> I, I don't even like either of those terms. I don't know. For, for some reason, n- neither of them sit well with me, I'm just a, a, a business owner, community member, like, yeah, just a father, husband. They're probably my, my favourite labels. Well, what if we go fitness bloke? We'll talk about your transition from footballer to fitness bloke. Number two, uh, the, the three key themes we've got across this platform is, number one, how do you look after your body? Number two, your, your mental health and psychological resilience. And then the third part is taking care of business, especially digitising. So we'll look into those three brackets. And the third one, COVID and your business. So let's start. Fitness bloke, how did you go from tackling... Uh, kicking, passing, training hard, like f- very, very hard physical work to being fitness bloke? So I was playing Cronulla Sharks late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, so I was in my early mid-20s. I kind of came to the realisation that I could continue on like this for another 10 years and make a moderate income and then come out of it with – no real life skills and then start my life then because I was never going to be the next Andrew Johns or I could, you know, start my, my next career now and make a good start of it. So that, that's what I, what I did. I, I, I love football. I, I love being in a team environment. I love pushing myself. I love training hard. And I think a lot of those skills I then brought with me into the workplace so whilst I was working, uh, so whilst I was training as a footballer, I was working on the side as a personal trainer uh, just because I really enjoyed fitness and I really enjoy people and helping them feel better about themselves. So when I finished playing, I just decided to be a, a full, started as a full-time PT 
Um, and I, I loved it. I started working 30 hours, 40 hours, 50 hours, almost 50, 60 hours a week of personal training. Uh, two reasons. One, I loved it. And two, I didn't come from any money. I didn't have any money. If I wanted to make something of myself, it was going to be me working hard to do that. So, yeah. And then with that, I was lucky. I started with the the vision group in the very first vision studio in Caring Bar. Uh, and then I was able to work with them and I opened one, two, three studios that were, were very successful. Uh, and then from there, I sold the three studios to then, and, and that was great. I learned so much about business in those three studios. In my very first studio, Vision Mossman, I was the head PT, I was the manager, I was the cleaner, I was the letterbox delivery man, I was everything, you know? And now when I sold three businesses, I was able to fund, I put every cent of those three sales into to Fly Athletic, the, the business I have today. So Andrew Simmons, the co-founder of Vision, I went to university with and I can remember back God, late 90s, Benny. And he was saying back then, you know, he had this vision to, to create a movement. So he certainly did that. So what, what are some of the key lessons you took out of that? Um, look, what, what, what Andrew is brilliant at and the vision network system is, is replicable systems that, that, that are good. So that, that's how the personal business training businesses function really well because they had such great processes and systems to ensure that each of your team members were trained up well, to ensure that each of the clients got a great service, to ensure that day in day the same level of excellence is executed. So I think that's that's one of the best things I got from the Vision Network is the, the importance of systems and processes, not only to ensure excellence, but to save time every day. So you don't wake up every morning and go, okay, what am I doing today? You know, there's the checklist, get into it, you know. Mm. Doing research about you, thinking about you, reading about you, future-proofing is a word that comes up. I don't think you would have had a well-being manager back in Cronulla back then who would have said, Benny, you know, on top of your football, you've got a future proof. I don't think we even said that in the corporate world. But while you were playing football, you were studying to be a personal trainer. Then when you became a personal trainer, you sought me out, as you said earlier, as a mentor, because you wanted to speak and coach and do some digital products. And what are you future proofing now? Like, you know, what, what in your brain is, is running on to think what's next? And, and then I want to go a bit deeper on that, that theory on getting ready for what's next. Sure. So, so we we have a, a physical location here, our, our flagship studio in Paddington, New South Wales. We've got a 650 square meter group exercise studio. We've got four group exercise rooms, a yoga room, a spin room, a strength room, a hit room. Then I've got a 250 square personal training studio below me. We've got roughly a thousand members upstairs in our group exercise business. We do around 400 sessions downstairs in our PT business. We're pretty much at capacity in terms of, of what we can do, which is great. Do I want to do a second and third location? Not How did you really. know I was going to ask you that? It was, it was on my <laughs> running notes. How many more? Have you got the fitness, the Dr. Evil Empire ready to roll out? Insert evil laughter here. And one of the reasons is like, and we thought about franchising, licensing at one stage two a couple of years ago, and within a month we had 15 applications. And then I went through them, they were good people, and then I realised this isn't what I want to do. I don't want there to be a, a six or even a seven out of 10 flat flatneck out of there. I want them all 10 out of 10s or, or why bother? Because I'm not, like, I, I make good money, you know? Do I need to make more? Not really. Like, I, I more care about how passionate I am to do every day than making two, three, four, 10x of what I'm making today, you know? Have you always had that one foot here in the present, one foot, reaching for the future? Uh, yeah, look, I, I always it, – it isn't about, you know, accolades or, or money or pats on the back. It's just I want to see what I'm capable of myself, for myself, you know, just want to – 
just want to push it to the limit. That's why I'm happy with my – what I did in rugby league. Was I an amazing player? No, I was pretty good, but I got everything out of the ability I had, you know. And now in business, I think that's a great thing because you can really push yourself hard and see what you've had. And we've had some great achievements, and I still think we're still capable of a lot more. And I jumped ahead, so we'll rewind a little bit from when you had the three vision studios, you sold those. You're running marathons. Typical marathon runners are probably like typical footballers, don't do much stretching, don't do much mobility, and you get a bit of tightness, a bit of stiffness. You go into a yoga class with Kate Kendall. Talk yeah. to me about that. Yeah, so I was living in North Bondi uh, at the time. I There was a – so you've got to understand yoga – back in you know late 90s early 2000s was a lot more herbal than it is today you know people forget that that's like 20 years ago it 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 was yoga was completely different so you'd go into this studio and it was like you know the chanting bells you had the smell the namaste and that, that that's as good as yoga studios uh got back then so I, you know, wasn't doing much weight, so I was just running because there's there's not too many 100-kilo marathon runners out there, so I didn't need to do any more weight training, but I wanted to do some yoga just to keep me supple and, and injury-free. Then I there was an incredible yoga teacher there. She used to pack out every single class. They have to used to shut the doors and tell people to go away because they were too full, and uh, I became friends with her. It was Kate Kendall, and she started – uh, doing a bit of training with me and she found that her personal train, the weight training really helped her yoga. I ha- found that the yoga helped my running. Uh, and then over a green tea one day, we, I said to her, I really think you should open your own yoga studio, Kate. You do such an incredible job. I think people would go. Uh, and that next week, going on a Lululemon retreat in Vancouver. She came back the week after we caught up again. She said, Benny, yes, I, what we're talking about the other week, I'm keen to do my own studio, but I'll only do it if you do it with me. So then I had to go away uh, and think about it because I never thought of myself as a yoga entrepreneur. And then that's when we came back with the idea of, of fusing the yoga strength and fitness in the one studio and again back at that time so that was 2010 boutique fitness in australia did not exist 10 years ago Hmm. there was big boxes and there was 24-hour gyms and that's it and individual pts doing 50 or 60 hours a week busting their backside yep exactly right so so we were the kind of 2011 2012 we were the first kind of boutique fitness we say kate and i went to la we saw lots of studios you know uh soul cycle yaz um all all the, the the big yoga studios over there and we just wanted to bring that back to australia that the yoga and fitness in a day spa type environment as well so that that hadn't really been done at that stage so So, yeah so you didn't jump into it blindly you did due diligence you did research you went overseas you looked at your skills you looked at kate's skills and then you got a real fusion yeah yeah for for, for sure so we we did plenty of of research but still untested model in Australia, the boutique fitness, also group exercise on a membership. So you can't come in here and just lift weights. That that or jump on a treadmill, that wasn't done either. So we kind of took a bit of leap of that faith in the model and our ability with the group X on a membership and boutique luxury fitness at that stage. So you've now got a, a membership and I know a number of your members, that some mutual friends of ours go there. You got cult status. But 10 years ago, did you have any moments after you opened lying in bed at night going, oh, shit, we're in Oxford Street. There's a lot of good businesses around. Bondi Junction's just up the road. You've got Centennial Park, literally a hop, skip and a jump up the road. You've got Bondi Beach. Did you have those moments going, what on earth have we done? So, so when I was at had the, the the three personal training studios again great systems each of them had managers i was probably you know i was making more money than i thought i'd ever would 
every week, no stress, no anything, but I didn't feel fulfilled as stuff. And now going out and starting my own business, I'd spent every cent that I'd ever earned in this one bet. And I thought, fuck, why did I need fulfillment? Couldn't I just be happy with <laughs> money and no stress? So every day for the first three months, I thought, why, why, why? But then, you know, within 12 months, we'd won the Telstra startup of the year. We were really starting to gain momentum through our, you know, PR, through our great clientele. Yeah. So your greatest growth comes from your biggest challenge in life and facing fear, adversity, come out the other side. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Oh, yeah, I'm scared, but now I'm through. But if, if you look back candidly, what were you missing when you had three studios, you're making more money than you ever dreamed? What wasn't there? Uh, for me, it's the creativity. Like I like to be able to think of an idea like and and inspiration can come from anywhere as well as you know i might be having dinner in a nice restaurant and go wow they do that really well i wonder if we could somehow incorporate that with what we do you know and then the next day bang you do it whereas and rightly so with a franchise business if you see something and you go, I wonder if we should incorporate this, you send an email to HQ and then they send it up the chain and then they have a meeting and then two months later they, you know, have a board and whatever. Like I just want to be able to, you know, be the master of my own domain. If I want to see something, I want to be able to execute immediately on it. That's the type of person I am, you know, so yeah. Totally get it. Uh, business partnerships, I've, I've built and sold a few businesses. And I think that was my goal inadvertently. One of my metrics of success was I sell the business. It means I've won, you know, athlete background. I was a runner, very bad at football, Benny. I was the guy who moved from 5'8 to inside, center, outside wing, fullback bench. When I caught the ball, I'd score more than most, but I dropped the ball more than most. So yeah, it was a very, very short-filled football career for me, mate. Uh, but I subconsciously wanted to sell the business. I think when I was younger, a lot of that was around identity and self-worth. I thought if I sell a business, it means I know how to grow a business. Interesting now, I'm a mid plus 40s. It's not just selling a business, it's the growth and everything else as well. But has that ever been something in your mind? Have you judged success of your business by selling or investing or you know, franchising? Uh, it's, it's so funny in fitness. I think a lot of other people, I mean, that, that, that's not a metric of success for me, but people ask it. The first question is when are you going to do your next one? How many are you going to do? Like, it's not how well is this one going? How many lives are you affecting? How happy are your staff? How is whatever? It's just how many more are you going to do? When's your next site? When's your whatever? I don't, I don't know of any other business where really that's the first question when people ask you is how many more you're going to do. I find that maybe it's just because I'm in fitness and that's all I know. But yeah, so no, I, I've never judged. Uh, a fitness business on how many they do. I, I never, it was never our goal to be the biggest. I just, what's the, the book, Small Giants, Bo Burlington, uh, not, not about being the biggest, about being the best. I would rather every day of the week be the best. I had a amazing mentor called Steve Sargent, was the CEO of General Electric Australasia. Now he sits on uh, a lot of boards, including Origin Energy. He was my PT client from 20 years old. He's still a good friend of mine 20 years later, a bit more than 20 years later. But um, he taught me so much about, about integrity, values, things like that. And he said, one of the things he taught me is, Benny, you, you can be the biggest or you can be the best. Really, couldn't you be both? Which which of those do you want to do? You know, and I, I really would rather focus on being the best. Why is that? I just want to positively affect people's lives, including my staff's lives, my clients' lives, my family lives as well, my wife, my children. I want to see them. I want to be a part of their lives too. 
You saw me smile and, and look up. I was reflecting when you mentioned Steve Sargent when I was 21, 22 in Hobart and started a personal training business, not, not sort of similar age as what you did. I had a client called Sean O'Sullivan. At, back then it was North Forest Products. He was the CEO. Started training Sean. He said, yeah, you've really got something here. He, he mentored me. It was actually, it was reverse mentoring. We helped each other. And he got me in to do the very first corporate program, which really led to a lot of the speaking I still do these days. So very, very honorable to that first opportunity with Sean. But he sat me down in a coffee shop out the back of Salamanca Square, Benny, and said, look, I want you to start learning a bit more about business. You're a bit green. I said, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. I don't know a lot about business. He said, I want you to read the AFR. I said, when does that come out? <laughs> just looked at me and I looked, it was almost commiseration. He said, it comes out every day, Andrew, but why don't you just read the weekend edition? So you just made me think then, when you are with people one-on-one, with a lot of people on this program, running a coffee shop, a restaurant, personal training, hairdressing, you come into contact with lots of people who can really help you but you've got to be open to that. So there's obviously something in your mind, a, an awareness to ask, to learn, to receive information. Were you always like that? Were you a curious kid? Yep, very much so. So I'm the fifth of six children. So I've got four older brothers and sisters. Um, yeah, I'm just very, very inquisitive. Even now, I want to I don't definitely don't think I'm I'm better than than anyone. I think you can learn something from absolutely everyone. That that's why I love the fitness industry. That's why I love personal training. You know, I've learned so much off so many people, you know, that's helped me be what I am today. And I still think what I am today is uh is only a scratch of what I hope to become in the future for my staff, for my wife, for my kids, you know. Talk to me about business partnerships. I've had a few. Um, some have worked, some haven't. What do you think is the key to your success with Kate? And if you had someone listening to this who wanted to go down the path of a business partnership, because it can really help, yeah, but what, what, what should they look for and what are some of the traps? Uh, look, I, I think like any good relationship, it is open and honest communication. Uh, I think early on when it was, you know, serious hours by both of us for the first couple of years, it, it would get a bit, a bit heated, but now we know so well how to work with each other. And it's just one of the, the, the things I really, really admire about Kate is just that she's so honest with other people, but so honest with herself too, where I'm the typical bloke, don't worry, mate, let's just push through, let's keep on going. But she'll say, Benny, I'm feeling this, or I I can't stay back tonight because I feel really tired. And if I don't take some time tonight, I know it will affect me later in the week or whatever, where I'll be like, come on, let's go. You know, so I, I, I think, yeah, open and honest communication about, about the business I think clear guidelines about how things are going to be run you know the 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 financials the books um yeah look what Kate and I've got a the best relationship we've, we've ever had today uh eight years into the business and I think that's just a lot of lot of love respect and, and open communication that's got us there you know and also I think having the best person's interests at heart too. Like I really, you know, love and respect Kate. And if I didn't, I, I couldn't work with her. I'm sure she feels the same, you know. Any business person listening to this will know you become an overnight success in 20 plus years, right? So you've worked your ass off as a footballer, did your PT, you worked in vision, learned a lot about systems and processes, went fact exploring, fact finding overseas, started the business Flow Athletic. A few things, you know, Flow Revive, you've, you didn't have as much success. So you've, you've, you, you told me recently, you learn as much from failure as you do from your success. Yeah, I, I, I have stuffed up as many things as I have been successful at over the years, but it hasn't. So like even in the last 12 months, I... So, yeah, I opened a, a recovery studio called Flow Revive, which was uh, sauna, infrared saunas and float tanks. And I, I love that business and I still love uh, that business. However, it's not a great 
money-making business. And unfortunately, if I'm going to put my time and headspace into something, it's got to have a financial return, not just for the love of it at the moment. Um, so that that didn't work, but we we're fortunate to get out to sell it. Like it's a good owner-operator business, so great learning there. I tried to open a... Uh, a business called Gym Hygiene Solutions during the uh, COVID, which was about helping fitness centers get the premium cleaning, health, all that. But then I realized that people don't really give a shit and they just want the cheapest one. You know, they don't want the premium one. So that was a good learning there. Just before COVID, the week before COVID, uh, fitness trips, uh, uh, fit trip. USA. I <laughs> I had a trip uh, scheduled for the week. COVID <laughs> was uh, was internationally uh, as a as a pandemic. So yeah, like all, all those things. But you know, you, you keep rocking. I'm not going to stop trying things just because I've had a few few full starts. You know, the psychological construct would be drive. The layman term would be scrappy bastard. Uh, who else looks at opening a business to help gyms maintain hygiene? You're like a rat up an aqueduct, Benny Lou, because you see an opportunity, you sniff it out. So rounding out, you know, you've had overnight success in 20 plus years, but if you could step back from it, if you're in a mentoring role and someone said, hey, Ben, can you teach me the secret sauce to a business, to establishing culture, to establishing, as I mentioned before, almost a cult-like following. It, actually, it's more of a community. You've created a, a real community within the fitness industry. What is that secret sauce? Yep. So, uh, 2000 and, I think it was 2010, 2009, 2010, I went to Tony Robbins Business Mastery in Fiji with Mark and Scotty Capo. Uh, and then I got to spend like two minutes FaceTime with the big man for like 11 grand. That was like all my life's worth then. Uh, and he said, are you right? So what, what would you like to know? And I said, uh, you know, Tony, how do I create a world-class fitness business? And he said, okay, here's what you do. So find businesses that you want to be like and just do that. And that was it. And then I walked away and go, what the fuck was that? I spent 11 grand for that. But then looking back on that, that is the best piece of advice I have ever gotten. And that that's what I still do today is just model myself and my business off other businesses, other people, and just humble yourself to ask other people for their advice. If it's, I'm in a restaurant and I see they have great service, I go, right, how do you do that? How does that work out? If I, someone, you know, my, I've got a friend of mine that's an amazing, uh, with property negotiations, I say, right, so with my lease, how would I do that? So, you know, I'm 99.8% of the knowledge I have in my brain is because I've asked other people about how they do something or I've read it in a book, you know. So, yeah, the, the, the information is out there. Where's my, you know, there is no excuse for you not knowing anything today because all the knowledge ever created is in your hand, you know. And, and it's funny, I've still got like good relationships with people like yourself, Maisie and other people that I've met through social media and just gone, hey, how you going? My name is Ben Lucas. I'm from Flyathletic. You know, I was just wondering, is it possible if I can take you for a coffee, take you for a blah, blah, blah. But I respect people's time. Uh, I flew to Boston uh, a couple, two years ago to speak to one of the trainers I admire over there. I paid him 1000 US for his time for like 30 minutes of his time. At the end of it, he said, no, I actually don't want to take it. And I said, no, fuck off, just take it. But yeah, and it was worth it for me. So it's going to be a, a fair exchange for me, but I'm, will humble myself to learn anything of anyone that I feel that I could be doing better and that I can learn from them. So it was the $11,000 you invested for two minutes of Tony Robbins' time. Did that tell you what you already knew? Like were you constantly 
as your number five in six kids. So you were you working as a young kid? How do like how do I get more chops? <laughs> how do I get more bread? Was that something that goes back? If you look at your family of origin, were you a scrappy bastard at a young age because of the big family? Did you have to fight? I I really think that was just innate in me, you know, like when I, when I played rugby league, I was a smaller player, but I was just trying to work harder than everyone. And I think when it comes to life, business, whatever, I just tried to outwork the opposition, you know? So I think there's always an opportunity for you to be better if you work harder than them, you know? So... Love the backstory. We could talk more about that. We'll, we'll, I'm going to ask you about the future in wrapping up. So we'll pause that for a moment. So that's the story from professional footballer to, to fitness bloke. <laughs> you're not an entrepreneur. You're not an influencer. <laughs> Rubbish. You're both. Hi, we hope you have been enjoying this podcast so far. Don't forget that we have plenty more podcasts and content just like this on NAB Business Fit. Go to www.nab.com.au forward slash business fit for more content to support your physical and psychological well-being and to help you take care of business. When COVID really hit in Australia, the date that I use is Monday, March 16th, when Scott Morrison said to WFH, work from home. Your business, like all fitness businesses, was really impacted, right? You had to close the business. Uh, you had to open when it was opening. You had the green light, but you had to hygiene, cleaning. Everything must have taken so much more time, so much more money. You couldn't run a streamlined business. And, so and, before, and you know, 35% capacity too. 35% capacity. So well, we'll pick up on the financials around that as well, or the impact around that. But what did you do personally, Benny? What did you do physically? What did you do mentally to help you lead your business and your community through that arguably the toughest period many of us in business have and might ever have? That, that was without doubt the toughest time in business. Of, of, but, you know, in, in some ways you look forward to moments like that because you get to find out what you're made of. You know, it's easy to say, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'm this kind of person. But when the when the shit hits the fan, how do you deal with it? So I remember the moment vividly and, and Kate and I met in this strength room that I'm sitting in very now. Uh, and, and we said, what is our plan? So, and for that, we ponder our values as a business and our values as people. And that isn't just a fucking plaque on the wall that we point at occasionally. It's something we really believe in. So we really care about our staff. We really care about our members. So the first thing we did, we got all of our staff on a Zoom call and we said, however long this thing goes for, we're going to pay you your full pay until things turn around or we go broke, all right? How, how many staff have you got? And 30. 30. So that's including full-time and yep. instructors? Yeah. Big, big team? Big team, big team. Uh, yeah, so, so, so that, that's our number one value was making sure that our staff get taken care of. The second thing is, you know, we really believe in what we do, that it helps people's mental and physical health. They're going to need it more at a time like now than any time in history. How are we going to execute on that? So within 24 hours, we had a 65-class online streaming business functional, you know, and, and we've been talking about it for the previous eight years about doing it, and that one – address from Scott Morrison helped us turn it around in 24 hours. Can I just, go, can I just pick up on that? Sure. Within 24 hours, 65 classes a week Yeah. from zero. Yeah. So how did you get your head around the technology platform? How did you get your head around distribution? How did you get your head around what classes to put on? Marketing, that, that's that's phenomenal. So, so our, our mentor, that Steve Sargent, had said to me, you know, in Jan, Feb, Benny, you're going to have to think about what you're going to do if your business gets shut down. And in Jan, people were not thinking about that. And I was like, 
Buck Sarge, you're kidding yourself. There's no way. And he's like, Benny, trust me, think about what you're going to have to do when you get shut down. So then between end of Jan and March, I was trialing different systems for the online in case we did have to flick the switch. So I was doing classes on Zoom. I was doing classes on Facebook. I was doing classes on Vimeo, seeing which was the best system that we can just flick the switch. So I'm looking at Thomas, our AV wizard, who you met before, Zoom, uh, Vimeo. We're, we're doing the same thing, but we were after it came. So I applaud you for doing it early. Because I, I was I was watching and I saw online suddenly bang all these classes i'm like how, how the fuck has he done that yeah so 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 we found that the 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 easiest use from our end and the easiest use from the consumer end as well was going to be facebook lives with four different Group. So we had a strength group, a spin group, a Pilates group, a yoga group. So each of those was like a channel and each of those channels had like three, four different classes on a day, seven days a week. Plus, if you missed that class live, it lived on that platform anyway. So that was fucking perfect for our purpose that we could just go boom overnight and our staff weren't doing anything anyway and they were getting full pay so we could then transition them to take leading those classes. So that, and then we were doing our PT from home to the people's homes uh, through FaceTime and through Zoom as well. And the other thing about that, so I'm sure you're gonna get to this, but we now PT clients all over the world, which we previously weren't now through FaceTime and Zoom. And obviously we've got a lot of clients internationally and nationally that we didn't have before. You, you have been one of the vocal voices in the fitness industry throughout COVID. The difference I've seen with you, Ben, compared to some other vocal voices is you have been actively saying, look, open our premises, let us get people in, you know, give us the guidelines, at least let us open the doors. But you've been massively proactive, you've built a totally different business, which I am going to dig into soon. So what is the difference though between your mindset and some of those other operators who were, and I feel for them, but, but they were much more aggressive, they were much more, they took it personally, and, and it can almost become a, a form of, of learned helplessness. The, the more you vocalise, the more you tell what's not right, you focus on the problem. Whereas you've maintained a real balance on that. Okay, you know, give us give us a time to open the gym. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can't really comment on, on other people's headsets, but mine has always been just how can we make it work? What What's the... What's, and I, I mean, I, I use, say, Richard Branson <laughs> as an example. I go, right, Richard Branson was sitting in my seat. What would he do and how would he make it work? Could he make it work? Yes, he fucking could. Well, you know what? Just fucking do that. <laughs> He'd parachute into Oxford Street wearing a big red wig, wouldn't he? Yeah. Look, if, could, could someone else in my situation win what I'm going through now? Yeah, they could. So don't complain about it. get on with it. And and when you complain, when you yeah, it, it doesn't make anything better, <laughs> you know. And people just don't want to be around you, and you don't ever want to be around yourself. Did you have any moments though when you went back to your wife and she said, "How are you?" Did you have any moments where you went, "Shit"? No, nah, zero. Because I've I've got thirty staff, I've got two kids, I've got a wife that all look to me to to help them. And then if I'm not in good form, well, then everything's fucked. Did you have any inner voice moments with that little Benny voice? No. Be because in the end, what, what's the worst that could happen? Like, I, I love my life now, but if I've got to go end up staying at my old man's house and sleeping on his lounge, that's all right too. <laughs> you know, like that that's not the worst thing in the world, you know. So what, what, what I'm doing here is fun every day I can't really lose because if uh, if I go belly up well I'll go back to pushing trolleys you know and then I'll build that up and I'll start something else you've you'd franchise that mate before we talk about your new business model now with the digital uh the, the, the digital spin-offs you've got talk to me in an average day for you what do you do to take care of your body what do you do to take care of your brain I I, I 
look after my body more so now than any time in my life, funnily enough. Um, I don't know. I've never really cared, you know, as much about health as I do now because I'm a father of two young children and I really want to be there for them. Whereas in the last 40 years prior has been about performance and aesthetics, whereas now is about health. Um, so Maisie, I don't know about you, but I love, this is an aura ring. I love tracking shit. <laughs> okay. And if I can track it, it means I can make it better, you know? So what do I do now? I meditate every single day with my son, Oliver. Uh, I get at least seven hours sleep, which I track with my aura ring. I journal every single night, which I do through an app called One Page. Uh, my nutrition, I actually, I fast. I do 16, eight, uh, five days a week. And then I do uh, one meal a day on a Sunday, uh, Omad. And I, I feel fantastic doing that. It really helps with my brain. So you're fasting every day apart from one day a week? Yeah. So Saturdays, I don't work and I go have breakfast with my kids. So during the week, I'm at work uh, early. So so all the, I, I feel the best I have uh, in years, physically and mentally. I do weight training five days a week. Yoga? Uh, no, not, not as much as I, I should. So just... Because my, I really try to be there for my wife and my kids. So pretty much I'm either working or I exercise my five hours a week or, or I'm at home with my family. So I really prioritise my, my training and, yeah, I love my weight training. Amazing. I think that's a big thing for listeners to take out. No matter how busy you are, you need to look after your body. So you're doing the, the weight training. Interesting listening to you, mate. I Look, I wear a garment all the time. I put my whoop on probably for one or two weeks a month as well. Haven't tried the aura ring yet, but if you track it, you can measure it. So heart rate variability, sleep, daily steps, resting heart rate, training heart rate, get the metrics. And obviously you pick that up from sport. That's how you run a business with KPIs. I've noticed as well as I get older, it's less about going hard and more of the re, the recover, the renew, the recharge. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then things like I try to have an ice bath once a week. I try to do a sauna once a week. But but all these things just need to – I need to schedule. You know, I can't just drop up a hat and go, geez, I think I'd like a sauna now. So my, my diary, as I'm sure yours, is Maisie, is, is weeks in advance. I just schedule everything. And the same as when Andrew May's podcast – is in my diary. I get it done, man. I really look forward to it. If I've got a training session in my diary, that training session gets done. If I've got a sauna in my diary, that sauna gets done, you know? So I just discipline with the execution of what I put in my diary. When are you happiest? Uh, when am I happiest with my children? Uh, outside of with my children? I mean, I, I still love I love going to work, you know. Uh, I, I love affecting people's lives. I love making my staff's lives better. I, I think that that was probably one of the biggest reasons of my transition from a franchise business to my own business is that I wanted a model that I could pay my staff more. <laughs> You know, and why is that? Because I I wanted to work with really good people that I care about, but I wanted them to be able to have fulfilling lives working for and with me, that they can have their own house, car, holidays, family, things like that. So that's one of the things that drives me is to have a, a fantastic team, but then that team can have their own fulfilling lives still working under my business umbrella. You're always thinking... You're always future-proofing. You're always taking care of others. You have told me about what you do for physical recovery, the sauna, the ice bath, you know, changing exercise. I know you're not doing as much marathon running and the pounding of the joints, 100 kilograms doing marathons. You don't have to be an exercise physiology exercise physiologist to do the, the anatomy on that. But what do you do to switch off mentally? Like, Can you go on holidays and just be and not look at the service 
in the caravan park or the, 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 the coffee you bought at the local beach? Can you just switch it all off? I, I'm getting better at it. So I was in Byron Bay a month ago with my, with my kids and it was probably my most relaxed holiday I've ever had in my whole life. And I think I'm, I'm, just, I'm just learning to be better at it. There was probably like two or three meetings a week that I couldn't miss out of. But the, the time outside of that, I just had my phone off and was just being present with my family. And it was some of the best time I had in my life. And also it makes my work better because when I come back, I'm fresh for everyone, you know? So yeah, I think I definitely can switch off, but knowing that when I do switch off, it makes everything else better as well. I think for any small business owner listening to this, I had to learn the same. I thought it was the Olympic Creed, Altius, Deltius, Fortius. There's no recoverious or slow downius in there as well. It's just (laughs) faster, higher, stronger. I almost burned out a couple of times and realized that to go fast, I need to slow down and recharge. So I think it is a really important part of sustainability. And I think too, like yourself, Andrew, and myself as well, being the business leader, it's as much about getting good ideas as it is working hard. And I don't get good ideas sitting at my desk go, come on, think, think. You know, it's when you're relaxed and you're having a surf and you go, fuck, why don't I actually try that or, or, or whatever. So I know that, you know, the idea from Fly Off the Dark came to me, you know, six years ago in uh, a float pod, you know. So I appreciate the relaxation is one of my most creative times for them to execute later on. If I don't have that, I can't come up with the, I mean, entrepreneurial ideas for us to build. I don't even know what it is down the track, but I need to be be relaxed to, to think about that. So talk to me about COVID and how you thought about that. So when COVID hit, you had to close the gym. Can you give me percentages? What Not numbers, but what percentage revenue was your business down? Uh, it was down like 60. Yeah. So you had job keeper, job seeker to help you get through a short period. Yep. But Benny Luke was the curious, inquisitive rat up an aqueduct who put 65 classes on within 24 hours. Then that's been picked up by corporate. So tell us about that with Flow Athletic TV. Yes. So then we, we realized that the Facebook was a phenomenal tool for us to use during lockdown, but it wasn't going to be a long-term solution for our streaming needs. So we built our own online wellness platform called Flow Athletic TV. Um, We felt that there was the demand, you know, nationally and internationally for it. And then we've been fortunate that quite a few corporate businesses uh, as well are going to use that as their, their wellness kind of hub for their staff. I think we kind of hit it at a good time because workers aren't really at home and they're not really at work, but they still want access to premium health, fitness and wellness content as well. So that that's where we believe that our, our service comes in for them. And, and I even love doing, so the only time I really do yoga now is after I put the kids to bed and I'll put on a yin yoga at 8.30, 9 o'clock at night and it's absolutely phenomenal. So I really believe in the service as well because I, I use it myself because there's times where you just can't the normal class structure doesn't fit in with you and you can use that 24 7. You know my bias here but I'm very happy to see you adapting your product to business to business models not just b2c. Yeah 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 and and you're right like there really is the opportunity to help a lot of people through that. So what does the business look like moving forward? Because with COVID, we're planning VUCA, volatility, uncertainty, change and ambiguity. We don't know from a business plan point of view. I'm sure you're not doing three, five-year plans. It's it's shorter, it's sharper. It, it is, so what, what is your business plan first? Like how long do you project forward? I, I've never looked for further than 12 months kind of ever. And why is that? 
because I know if I execute world, world class, and I just don't throw that word out flippantly, I literally want to have the best facility, best online platform, best fucking whatever on the planet, then I know more opportunities will arise that I'm not even thinking about yet. And then the whole thing flips on the tip. So we're, we're always going to have a flagship studio because I still really believe in the face-to-face contact of group exercise and of one-on-one personal training as well. Um, I also believe in the online platform as well, because realistically 95% of your members in a fitness facility live within a two kilometer radius. And I'm sure that there's plenty of other people that don't live within two Ks would like to experience some of the fly athletic magic as well. Uh, And then other things I'm doing, I don't know if you've seen, I work with a, uh, she actually really is an influencer, uh, Sammy Robinson. I've seen it. Uh, <laughs> I, I knew you had your fingerprints all over that. So, yeah, tell us about that with Sammy. Uh, different demographic to what you're going to get. And, and, again, it's a really important one too. So Sammy Robinson is a YouTuber by trade. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what these kids are up to these days, far out. YouTuber by trade, and then she's... she's oh, you're, you're not that old. Okay. Sammy would be in her what, early to mid-20s. Yes, yeah. Um, you can't call them kids and, and unless they're teenagers, mate. I'm going to pull you up on that. You're still a, you're a young rooster. Um, and then from there, she's gone to build her own online clothing boutique and another online jewellery boutique. So she's super smart doing really well in business. I've trained her for a couple of years and I just thought, because she is actually a really good role model for young females out there. Her demographic's probably 17 to 25, international, like all over the world. And I just put it to her that I believe that if we partnered together on a program, there would be opportunity to A, make it successful, but B, really positively influence young females from all over the world. So we execute a 30-day program. We're just filming the second program now. First one went really well. Um, Nutrition, exercise, yoga for just a 30-day online program at at a fairly easy cost to get into as well. And the feedback we've got has been phenomenal, but I just love that we're giving that bracket that I wouldn't be able to reach a is fly athletic or B, especially as Ben Lucas, but we can still help them positively with their health and wellness as well. Kayla, it's in us. Emily Skyfit do attract a very different demographic than Benny Lucas, but it's it's really intelligent. And then so looking back, I'm sure you you're very humble but you're very focused. I reckon exactly what you're looking at doing is going, I'm going to keep the core studio. That's the incubator of ideas and content. We do the classes, we see what works, we see what doesn't. Then we film it, package it, spin it in different demographics. Is that the model or am I just making that that, that, up? That's exactly it. And I think when we speak to, like we've had a chat I've had a chat over the last month about different, you know, PE firms and things like that, looking at the Flow TV and they're interested in it because we've got actually a real business for 10 years behind it. We're just not an online business that's been going for a a month. Well, yeah, that is, but we've also got a real gym for 10 years and business and real staff and real people and real ideas behind it that that know how to execute. You've got credibility. You're not just some person who's got a camera and you know, T-shirt and look good. You've, you do that as well, mate. Don't get me wrong. You've got some good guns there on the video, Benny. But you've done the hard work. You know, 10 years in the trenches there, but you've done 25, 30 years collectively. That's how you get successful. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, you know, Maisie, my alarm went off at 4.40 this morning and I was just as happy as I had been any day in the last 20 years of when I did that, hmm. you know? So I, I still look forward to every day because I know there's more I can do. I know there's there's opportunities ahead of me. I know we can be better. I know we can help more people. I know the business can make more money. So crystal ball, look in front of you. I've got the, the crystal ball just come in front of you in your studio. What are you doing in five to 10 years? What do you think you're doing? Maisie, yeah. Uh, five years our online business 
is outstripping our physical business. So I just kind of oversee oversee sorry both of those. So I think the semi active brand is going to continue to grow. I think the Flow Athletic uh, TV brand is going to continue to grow, and within that, we're going to have you know like like a Peloton S. You can get bikes and you can get equipment and so forth for all that that's in the works now. I think the Flow Athletic Studio will will maintain. Uh, how it is now? Ten years time, Maisie. I'm up on the Gold Coast. Feet up. That's, that's, that's where I am. Maybe <laughs> not cigars. Feet up. We'll, we'll do some fitness up there. I want to be up the back of Talabudger Creek. Little tinny out the back. So that there, yeah, that that's um, Bud's Beach. That's mine and uh, Talita's goal. So ten years time, mate. I'm done. Don't you right. get out of office. See you later. I'll, I'll meet you on the tinny. So that's you. You think the fitness industry has been pushed forward five, ten years, obviously. You, you've been talking about this stuff. You've done it. Um, did what, what hybrid model do you think the operators like you are going to need to have to thrive in years to come? Yeah, it's going to be 100%, you know, face-to-face and online model for whatever you do moving forward i believe in any like you look here i'm on oxford street paddington the one of the premier retail strips uh in the country and you know one out of three shops is gone you know but those people are still shopping guess where they're shopping they're shopping online you know and and people are only continuing to do their whole lives online, you know? So I think a combination of the online and face-to-face is going to be imperative in, in health and fitness businesses. You don't want the biggest business, and I totally agree, coming from a fitness industry background where we first met, I think it's a fundamentally flawed question. Hey, Ben, hey, Andrew, how many staff have you got? How many premises have you got? No, 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 you, you might have three staff and global Flow Athletic TV and you could be making millions. So I love your philosophy about being the best, not the biggest. That said... Someone comes to you and says, hey, I love what you're doing. Here's a check with lots of zeros. Yeah. What do you do? It is in what, to to franchise or grow it or? To buy it off you and scale. It's a bit like the Spanish fisherman philosophy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and in this said, am I still working in it or am I? Do you take the money and sail off into the sunset and go via Cuba if we can travel and get big boxes of cigars and then go back to the beach? Or do you, do you, do you keep running it? Is it? Will you go stir crazy if you're not doing this? No, no. If someone, honestly, someone hands me a big check, I can see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Though, which I, I'd chill out for a month and then I'd go do something else which A, test myself, and B, serves other people in some way. If they give you a really big check, buy yourself and Talitha a place and just buy the little modest place next door, right, for me? Because <laughs> my, my number one priority is my wife and children, you know, and then it's my business, you know. It's not, it's not the other way around, you know. My business is there to fund my life. And I, don't get me wrong, I love my business, but – it exists to help me make sure that I'm able to provide a great life. It's authentic. It, it comes across in your social media feeds. I know you personally. It, it, it is. It's you. It's integral. The book, the hey, poem. Big Jack book. Maisie, you got my number. <laughs> mate, I don't have a big one. I, I'm chasing a big one as well myself, mate. Yeah, we're all looking after this elusive big payout. But, but similar, I get asked that question, what would you do? Would you sell your business? Yeah, absolutely. What would you do? similar to what I'm doing, but just not as much. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd pick the things that fuel me that I love, like podcasting, like speaking, like working with football teams, back in elite sport now, back in your old world. I'm loving it. fuels me. Yeah, so good. Yeah, 100%. I could never not work, but you can be a bit more picky about what you're doing. That's all. <laughs> so have you got a book, a quote, a poem, something you go to for inspiration? Yeah, my my. my I really, I try to gift a book a week to various people about something. So I, I, I love reading. I love learning. Um, so a book that I gifted to someone today, uh, Blue Ocean Strategy. So uh, 
a friend of mine just got named CEO of an NRL team. Uh, so good luck with that. Um, but then my, my own personal favourite book of all time is The Four Agreements. Uh, I just think that's a magnificent book and 100% of society could learn from that, you know. So, you know, philosophies like don't take anything personally because chances are it's not about you, you know, whatever. And then if it is about you, well, who gives a fuck? <laughs> just get on with it, you know. So, yeah. Now, I've asked you a lot of questions today. Is there a question you'd like to ask me? Do you want to flip it? Or is there a question you would like me to ask you in wrapping up? Uh, yeah, no, I, I'd love to know. What, what, where do you see the, the health and fitness industry going? It's got to go different to where it's been. I think it has been very much focused on coming to a location. I think it'll be a really nice blend of location like you've got with a hub where you use that to create content and virtual, but I think it needs to get above the body. I think a lot of the fitness industry has been focused on you know, spin, fitness, weights, cardio. I know yoga is more for the brain as well, or it's body and brain. I think it will balance out, or I hope it does, that we start to remarket fitness. I, I still think marketing is wrong with fitness because, you know, hey, here's Jenny three months ago. Here's Jenny now. Look how fit she is. Um, here's Jenny when she wasn't feeling so great and a bit disconnected and not part of the community. Here's Jenny flourishing psychologically. So where do I think it will go? I hope it will go. It'll be a blend of what you're doing. And I hope it's as much physical, mental skills as it is. Sorry, as much mental skills, psychological as it is physical. And, and then it's much more rounded, much more diverse and much more appealing. Yep, yep. They're great. And, and and I agree with you. And I think it should be that. But I don't know if it, as, as a society we're at the stage where feel better mentally sells. More as much as be a size X for summer. Mm. And it, it should. And I hope one day it will. But people think that the size X is going to make them feel that way mentally, but it's not. And that's what you and I know. Mm. Look, I'm more like I've got a foot in the fitness industry, a foot in professional sport, a foot in keynote speaking, a foot in the corporate world. I have seen a real shift since COVID in March 2019 with CEOs, boards, leaders now, really wanting to do programs for mental health. So I think the WFA work from anywhere, work from home. Now, rather than just having an EAP program, I see companies are really front and centre thinking about the psychological well-being of their employees. So I think that will push more of the connection between the physical and psychological. As you and I know, mate, being in the industry for 20, 30 years, individually it's a lot of time collectively the best benefits are the psychological ones when people lose weight but they say to you i'm sleeping better i'm thinking more creatively you know my, my kids are saying i'm present and, and they're, they're saying they love me i either didn't hear that or i wasn't present when they were saying it that's the stuff that makes a big difference so it's funny you say that so i was having a great conversation with two of my trainers yesterday and, and we all agreed that as you know a lot of clients in general would be better off working with a psychologist than a personal trainer for them to get results. And not in a bad way, we want it to be widely accepted that you can refer to a psychologist the same way that you can refer to a chiro, physio, dietitian, but we're not just at that stage yet. And I hope we do there where we go, hey, I think there's a health professional, I think, we should work together with and it's this psychologist and they're going to that's part of our team to help get results because that really is part of it it's a skill you know, kicking a ball passing a ball tackling you know, hitting a goal in netball hitting a serve in tennis it's a skill you, you train that skill running a business digitizing your business is a skill you know training for cardiovascular fitness strength it's a skill Psychology, mental skills. There are essential mental skills, Benny, we can train for. So confidence is a mental skill. Yeah. Self-talk is a mental skill. Relaxation or being calm are mental skills. 
drive. So there's we talk about with Dr. Nicola Gates and I, 12 essential mental skills you can train just like you train cardiovascular fitness, strength, mobility, plyometric power, speed. You can train mental skills. And I, I can see it slowly catching up. But even in elite sport, when you were playing 20 years ago or even before you were playing, you know, mental skills was the next big thing. It's still the next big thing. So for some reason, it hasn't quite caught on with the training for the job and the training for the physical side. So I see a huge opportunity for businesses like yours. I see a huge opportunity for well-being overall to really encourage that development of mental skills and not to be seen, oh, you only see the psychologist when you've got a problem. See the psychologist so it future-proofs yourself. Yeah, yep. Oh, I agree. So for people who want to share in the Flow Athletic experience, Flow Athletic TV, or with Sammy Robinson, how do they find you? Uh, flowathletic.com, flowathletic.tv, uh, Sammy Active, triple M, sammyactive.com, uh, and then me, what am I, Ben underscore Lucas one. That's what the kids give out these days, don't they? Their handle. <laughs> you give out your handle, the kids. <laughs> we'll put all that up on the show notes as well. I always enjoy catching up with you. This is the first time we've done it in a podcast like this. And when I catch up with you, I feel inspired and educated. You're a constant learner. And I really appreciate the relationship we've had. I really appreciate watching you grow. And I've appreciated just the way that you never settle. You've got a nice blend of fulfillment but you're still wanting to go. You seem to find a nice mix and I've I've got some good learnings myself from you over the years in that. Thank you for everything I've learned from you over the years, Maisie. I definitely wouldn't be here I am today with with some of your guidance over the years, so thank you. I'm going to go do some push-ups. I call it the push-up guarantee. So I'm going to go give 30 push-ups. So Benny Lucas, thank you very much. Thanks, Maisie. Bye, mate. Hey, it's Andrew again, and we hope you enjoyed that interview. Just a quick note to remember to please go to nab.com.au slash businessfit. We hope you really liked this episode and received lots of value, and we would love it if you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast and click on the subscribe button. We'd also really appreciate it if you share it with friends or colleagues you think might also benefit from these messages. And we'd really appreciate if you can rate and review it. We love seeing your messages and love seeing your ratings. Okay, that's it for this time. We look forward to connecting with you again on the next episode of NAB Business Fit. 